Good morning. I'm Joe Collins, and welcome to See Me Church. Our mission is to love God and neighbor one household at a time. We are a group of ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are or what your story, we're glad you're here. Today, we have a very special guest speaker. He's called Reese Nealon, and he's the evangelist for Hope Worldwide, which is an international benevolent organization that was started by the ICOC family of churches. But more than that, Reese and his wife Mary Kay are great friends, not only to my wife and I, but also to Simi Church. So I know you're just as excited to hear from him today as we are. Afterward, I'll come back and lead us in a time of communion, and then we'll be done. But before we get started, I wanna open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll, have a wor then we'll worship in song together, and then we'll hear from Reese. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I want to thank you so very much for this time to worship you, to come together as a church family online. Even though we're not together in person, we are in spirit, and wherever two or more are gathered, the scriptures tell us that you're with us as well. I want to thank you for that incredible blessing that we are able to worship like this. Even though we're not together, we are still together in you. What an incredible gift that is. I want to ask for your spirit to come and meet with us at this time to help us each on our own to connect to the message that, reaches, that Reese is preaching and to the, to the meaning of the cross that we're going to focus on during our time of communion. Father, it is so amazing to be together this morning like this. I pray these things to you in your name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
You're not the only one who feels like this. Feeling like you lose more than you. Morning, Sydney Church. Reese Nealon speaking to you this morning. Thank you for having me as your guest speaker. Uh, some of you I may know, I was in L.A. for many years. Actually, I was an evangelist in the L.A. church for over 30 years. And then uh, earlier this year, I uh, became an evangelist for Hope Worldwide, our international charity that our church sponsors. And then I moved to St. Augustine, Florida. So I'm coming to you from my home here in St. Augustine. And I've had a chance to speak to the church there and see me many times. Thank you, Joe and Lynette. I have many friends there. And so it's very exciting to be able to be back and be able to speak to you again. So I hope this is going to be, I believe this is going to be very helpful for you today. Uh, the question I want to ask you is, have you ever felt like you were going through a really hard time and you felt alone maybe and you felt like there was nobody that could relate to you? And it was uh, just a, a very challenging time. And this has been a challenging year, okay? But even if it wasn't 2020 and all the things that go with 2020, this is something we experience on a regular basis. Tough times and challenging times and sometimes feeling like we could use some help. And uh, a lot of times what really makes a difference is someone comes along and someone cares about you and your situation and somebody maybe even is able to relate to you in your situation. And that can make all the difference. And I think we probably experienced that. I mean, it doesn't change your situation, but just the fact that there's somebody else that cares and there's somebody else that relates to you, that really, really makes a difference. So anyway, we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna to lift up Jesus today and we're gonna start in Hebrews chapter two. And if you've got a Bible, you can turn there and read along with me. We started in Hebrews 2. And just to give you a little bit of background, you may know this. The Hebrew letter was written specifically to Christians who were having a tough time. Christians who were very, uh, very challenging things were going on. They were being persecuted. There was financial problems. And so... They wrote this letter to really encourage them to keep the faith in these difficult times. And so this uh, is about Jesus. And Jesus is going to help us today. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Since the children have flesh and blood, that's us, we're the children, the children of Abraham and the children of humanity, and we're the children. It says, he too, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people because he himself suffered when he was tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. 
So we're going to lift up Jesus today. And of course, it says that Jesus came and he came for a very specific purpose. And when we ask and consider why Jesus came, I think most of us would obviously say, well, he came in order to die on the cross for our sins. And that certainly is correct. And he came in order to show us how to live and show us the way. And he came to preach the word and give us the truth and teach us what we needed to know about life and about God and all these other things. And all those would be true. But don't miss this because it's very important and, and it really will help us. In all those reasons, he also came specifically to walk in our shoes, to share in our humanity, to experience life in every way like we do. And as the Bible says here, he was made like us. And that's the title of the lesson today, Made Like Us. And the main point of the lesson, the one main point of the lesson is that Jesus came to relate to us. So whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you face, you don't have to feel alone and you don't have to feel that there's nobody that can relate to you because Jesus can. And I think sometimes that we forget about, that, about Jesus because there's very little written about his life. You know, we know that he was born and we know that he grew up and you may know that he started his public ministry when he was about the age of 30. And, uh, but actually, there's very little information about him growing up. There's a few things that we know. And there's, of course, the story when he was 12 years old and his parents inadvertently left him at the temple and he was separated his family for a, a few days there. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But here's the thing that Jesus experienced life just like he was born. Jesus was an infant. Jesus was a two-year-old. Jesus was a four-year-old. Jesus was an elementary school child. Jesus was a middle school child. Jesus was a teenager. Jesus uh, was a millennial in his time and day, we might say, and he experienced all that. And so wherever you are today, Jesus can relate to you in, in his life. And I want to mention this because we're going to talk more about maybe what we know and maybe what we don't know about Jesus growing up. There's this thing called early childhood development. And Joe Collins is a trained therapist, and so he understands that for sure. Others of us would as well, that basically... As we grow up in the normal way, there are things that happen to us in our family of origin, and there's experiences that we have that really shape us. Now, they don't necessarily determine all that we're going to be. That's the good news. Jesus is going to show us how we can reach our potential. But these things are frequently things that are challenging for us. And a lot of it goes back to how we were raised. That's one of the most important things to understand about somebody. If you want to help somebody and if you want to understand somebody, you need to understand how they grew up and their family of origin and what their expenses are, experiences are because those things really 
influence us. And for all of us in these formative years, there's a mix of good things that happen to us, perhaps, but there's definitely bad things that happen to us. But here's the thing, Jesus had the same experience. I don't know if you ever thought about that or realized that, but it's pretty, uh, it's pretty fantastic when you do get it. Uh, even though there's a lot that we don't know, we do know some things. We know that he was born of a virgin, his mother was Mary, and that he was born into a family where his mother was pregnant and gave birth way too early to be the, to have Joseph as his father. Because of that, Joseph, Jesus really grew up as somebody who was in a, uh, a family where he had an unwed mother in that sense. And so I think sometimes we don't understand that, you know, people could do the math. There was shame and humiliation there because everybody in this small town, he grew up in a small town in Nazareth, and I think that's something we probably know if you ever lived in a small town or grew up in a small town, I did. Then uh, people tend to, everybody tends to know what's going on, but everybody could do the math that Jesus was born to Mary less than nine months after her marriage to Joseph. So anyway, that was a challenge as well. In his background, he also grew up very poor. And the reason we know that is because when the uh, Jews, when they had to bring a sacrifice to the temple, when a child was born and there were different levels of gifts that you could bring depending on your economic place. And the very poorest people would bring two birds for the temple, for the sacrifice. And that's what Joseph and Mary brought. They brought two birds to uh, honor Jesus' birth there at the temple. And so we know he was very poor. We know that Jesus grew up in a blended family and that in that sense, and that Jesus had a stepfather, Joseph, and that Jesus had four brothers and at least two sisters, even though it may have been more. So he grew up in a large family. And so I'm sure there were all kinds of challenges that went with that as well. I, him having a, a stepfather, Joseph, I think it was a pretty, would have been pretty interesting if you could imagine going to back to school night. And so you're Jesus and uh, you come to school and the next day and some of the other kids in the class or maybe some of the teachers say, hey, you know, it was great back to school night last night. We met your parents, Joseph and Mary. And Jesus said, great, you know, but uh, actually Joseph is my stepdad. They go, oh, okay, we didn't, we didn't know that. Um, what happened to your, to your real dad? Did he die or something else happened in the family? Did he leave? Uh, was there possibly a separation or divorce? Or what, what, what happened to your dad? He says, well, my dad is in heaven. Oh, did he, he died then? No, my dad is God. So you can just imagine what that would be like growing up and understanding and other people understanding that you and your family claimed that God himself was your father. 
And you talk about pressure. Sometimes we feel like, you know, the family I grew up in, they put a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, I felt there was a lot of expectations on me. Well, just imagine growing up and you're Jesus and you're claiming that God is your father. And as we know, Jesus needed to be perfect in order to be the sacrifice that he was so that our sins could be forgiven. And I think that's uh, something we may not think about. What would that have been like? I mean, a lot of us feel like, wow, you know, I had a tough life growing up. You know, uh, maybe it was poor, poor, and maybe there was a blended family. And then my parents, you know, I had these expectations to be perfect. And, you know, who wants to live in that kind of pressure cooker? And Jesus can relate to whatever those things are that you may have experienced as your wealth. So, there's a lot of things that we don't know. I think one of the things I want to do when I get to heaven is be able to watch a movie. If there's an opportunity there, I could, couldn't see why there wouldn't be, to be able to see what was it really like for Jesus growing up. And uh, a lot of people today, we, we're, we're conscious of the fact that there's oppressed peoples and that people have been mistreated. And think about this, Jesus was a Jew. Not only was he poor and not only was he from a small town and a blended family and all those other things that we talked about, but Jesus, the Jewish people were oppressed worldwide by the Romans who were ruling at that time. So if you feel that's how you grew up, you feel like things that happened that weren't fair or right, or you didn't have advantages that others had or that you should have had, Jesus can relate to you. And so there's many things that with Jesus that are unrecorded, but that doesn't mean that, that his life growing up was uneventful or unimportant. And I think the encouraging thing is that Jesus was able to rise above all of these challenges that he faced as he grew up. And I think this is a, maybe a good time to just stop and ask ourselves a very important question. One of the most important questions I believe that we all need to answer in our own lives. Am I going to be a victim or am I going to be an overcomer? Because bad things and challenging things happen to all of us, but we get a choice. You can either choose to be a victim or especially in Jesus, you can choose to be an overcomer. And Jesus did that and Jesus showed us how to do that and he showed us that it could be done. You know, even things like the family of origin that Jesus then grew up. What kind of marriage did Joseph and Mary have? You know, we don't know. But we don't know specifics, but one thing we do know for sure is that because of their, they were human, that their marriage was flawed. That they were flawed people and they had a flawed marriage. And I'm sure that had some consequences and challenges that it brought into Jesus' life. What kind of parents were Mary and Joseph? We don't know anything about that. He came from a big family. Actually, the only thing that we might know is that, mentioned it earlier, they left Jesus that time in Jerusalem when they went to the temple for a couple of days. He didn't, he wasn't, they didn't even realize he wasn't with us, so that probably doesn't say much about what kind of parents they were. Even though that was a different day and maybe not as 
radical or strange as we might think of it in our day and culture. But what kind of parents were they? Were they disciplinarians? Were they attentive? Were they spiritual? Did they have family devotionals every week, uh, every day? What, you know, were they harsh? Did they have anger problems? Were they sometimes abusive to Jesus? We don't really know. But we do know this, that as a parent, we may notice that they were flawed because they were in the human condition. And, you know, growing up, I'm sure you're the same way. I didn't have to go very far in my life before I understood that my parents were flawed. And of course, I was sort of keeping a mental record of all the ways that I was going to be different and how much better a parent I was going to be than, uh, than they were. I was going to learn from maybe what they weren't, that they should have been. And then, of course, my came, time came along and I became a parent and that's when payback happens. Because you realize that in the human condition, the best of us are flawed. And so Jesus grew up in that. And so in all these things, we know because Jesus was made like us, he, he grew up in a dysfunctional family that was a mix of good and bad. And there were consequences and challenges that went along with it. Something that I know about you, I may not even know you personally, but you grew up in a dysfunctional family. And even if there were a lot of good things in your family and the way you grew up, there were things that were not what they ought to have been. And there were things that were challenging and you were scarred and you were impacted. And so you have an opportunity today. You can be bitter about that. You can be angry about that. You can feel sorry for yourself. You can be a victim or you can be an overcomer. The other thing I know about you and I think it's just, it's obvious, but it should be said, you're a part of a flawed church. And you know, you may have heard the saying before, uh, this is not a perfect church. If it was a perfect church, then you couldn't be in it, or I couldn't be in it. And so we don't take the flaws of the church lightly, but the reality is, because it's full of, flesh and blood, it's full of people like me and you, that it's going to be flawed. And that's going to have an impact on their consequences. And so we have to again ask ourselves, am I going to be an overcomer or am I going to be a victim? So let's close out and let's go back to Hebrews. Because a couple of chapters after we read earlier in Hebrews chapter two, a couple of chapters later in Hebrews chapter four, very similar here, as we read, we're gonna start reading in verse 14, but there's one little thing that's different than what we read previously in Hebrews chapter two. See if you notice it as we read through. It says in verse 14 of Hebrews four, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way 
just as we are, yet was without sin. Yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in that time of need. Did you notice it? I emphasized it for you. It mentions that made like us, tempted like us, suffered like us, relates to us, yet was without sin. And so I think, what should we take from this? What should we really let touch our hearts and inspire us and really teach us and inform us? What should we get today? First of all, whatever you're going through, whatever challenges and temptations and suffering and difficulties you have, Jesus gets it. He came here. He lived among us, born like we were, grew up like we were, flesh and blood like we are. And so whatever's going on, he understands. Even if there's nobody else, and you wish there were, but even if there's nobody else around that's there to help you or encourage you, most importantly, you have Jesus who understands and relates. Second of all, because Jesus gets it, he came for that. He died on the cross for our sins. He sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and now he is our great high priest. He is the one who's pleading our case. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And when we come and we're, we're, we're sinful and we come and we need help and we need grace and we need mercy, Jesus is there having paid the price for us, but also pleading our case because he understands. He's letting the Father know firsthand what it's like, the temptation, and how hard that it really is. And then the last thing, which I hope will be just as inspiring to us, is that there are no excuses when we're sinful and when we're unrighteous. There's the opportunity to be forgiven. We need that desperately. Perfection is not part of the plan. On the other hand, as we go through our day, there's no excuse. Jesus was without sin in spite of his family of origin, in spite of the way he grew up, in spite of the challenges that he had challenges every step of the way. And that's the truth, isn't it? We know that. We had challenges in our life before we became a Christian. If you are a Christian, we have challenges afterwards. And some of us have been in the faith and we've been following Jesus for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And there's always challenges and sometimes we want to give ourselves an excuse. And Jesus says, there's no, Jesus shows us. There's never an excuse. There's always a way out. Whenever we're tempted, there's always a way out. And when you're going to grow and when I'm going to grow is when we don't accept things that we do or sin. And that when we do sin, we take it seriously and we repent and we come before God and we're humble and we get the grace and mercy we need. And we, in a determined way, we rise and we get up and we go all forward and we wanna be better and do better and grow. 
And that's what Jesus came to do to inspire us. You know, uh, not so long ago, a friend of mine, Marty Fuquay, that you may know, wrote a book. And uh, it's a great little book. And the title of the book is That's Your Business. And then the subtitle of the book is The Lost Art of Personal Responsibility. And that's what Jesus did in his life. He took personal responsibility for his life. And he didn't blame his challenges or resent people or be bitter toward people. But he accepted his challenges and he took personal responsibility for his life. And that's exactly what the Lord wants us to do today, to take personal responsibility for our lives. Let's not be victims. Let's be overcomers through the blood of Jesus and by the example of Jesus. God so go ahead and live like your love. It's okay to act like you've been set free. His love has made you more than enough. So go ahead and be well, I want to thank Reese for speaking to us today. At this time, we're going to take communion and pray for our weekly offering. All you need is some matzah and some grape juice. At Simi Church, we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. In it, we learn that Jesus is Lord, that he lived a sinless life, that he died on a cross and rose to life again. And it's in this belief that we do everything. We are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. You can give today by texting keyword Simi Church to 77977 or by going to our website, simi.church, and clicking the Give button. After we pray, I'm gonna share another worship video, video to allow you time to eat the bread and drink the cup in remembrance of Jesus and to meditate on his life, death, burial, and resurrection. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for a time to commune with you. It is maybe the most important time of our week to spend time thinking of you and, your, and of your son and his offering of his life on that cross. Help us to remember him now as we confess our sin, as we examine ourselves, and as we recommit ourselves to the covenant we made with you at baptism. Thank you, Father, so very much for loving us so much that you would send your only son to die for us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm naked and I'm weak 
Well, I don't know how much longer I can go on When every breath I take is just too weak For a moment I've stood still To listen to the King of the Hill All the angels just stood still To listen to the king of the hill Well, I could have had servants And I could have ruled this world as their king Could have had wealth beyond measure, yeah Well, I could have had anything But it wouldn't have meant anything Not my will, but yours be done I had no agenda, only your truth Were so proud to call me son. Now, Father, I commit my soul to you. For a moment, time stood still to listen to the King of. I can hear him whisper still Father, I'm the king of hell Father, I'm the king of the hell If you did not take communion with us this morning, please make sure you do so later today. You know, we want Simi Church to be your church, your family's church, and your friend's church. If you want to know more, you can contact me directly via our website or ask the person that told you about us. Finally, if you did not take communion this morning, please make sure you do so later today. You know, we want Simi Church to be your church, your family's church, and your friend's church. If you want to know more, ask the person who told you about us or contact us directly via our website. Finally, I want to remind the members of Simi Church to pray for, invest in, invite the church, and prepare yourselves to be Christ-like to the people God has placed in your lives. And don't forget to tell them about Simi Church and encourage them to like us on all of our social media outlets. You know, next week, we're going to meet online and in person. You can get to all the details on our website. Click on calendar at the bottom of the page. At this time, let's go to God in prayer and we'll close out. Heavenly Father, thank you for such a great message today. Thank you for reminding us to be like Jesus, to follow his example, that he lived his life to show us the way to live. Help us not to make excuses, but to put our full faith and trust 
in him. I pray for a great week for all the members of Simi Church, for your name to be glorified. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless, and we'll see you next week. You're not the only one who feels like this. Feeling like you lose more than you win. Like life is just an endless hill you climb. You try and try, but never arrive. I'm telling you something, this racing, this running. Oh, you're working way too hard. And this perfection you're chasing is just energy wasted. Cause he loves you like you are So go ahead and live like you love It's okay to act like you've been